0: As always, should you avoid the excellent guidance you're about to receive, you'll be disavowed. Also, this message will self-destruct in three seconds. Three, two, one. Hello and welcome to another edition of Your Financial Mission. Walter storeholt here alongside Janine Theus, CEO and founder of Theus Wealth Advisors. Janine, what's going on with you this week? How you been?
1: Hey Walter. It is a fabulous early fall day. Yeah, we were we were hitting the pool in, at a um, little dark thirty this morning.
0: Oh nice.
1: <laughs> it's an outdoor pool, so I think it was about sixty degrees outside. Ooh, I don't know, that maybe must a
0: little have been warmer. a bit, real bit brisk in the water. <laughs>
1: It was. Luckily, <laughs> the water was about eighty. So, but it was a nice uh, temperature a differential.
0: <laughs> yeah, eighty <laughs> degrees is can still be pretty chilly for a pool, from what I have found. Like seventy eight seems to be sort of my threshold. Anything below that, you're going to have to be. I, but I guess if you're truly swimming and not just hanging and floating, that's a, there's a little bit of a difference there. You can. Oh stay yeah, there's there a a, there's lower. a
1: really big difference. I know. Once we get yeah. cranking, your 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 body temperature goes up and you're heating. And if it's a warm pool, ooh, it's painful. But a cool pool, yeah. And so when it's cool outside and you've got this nice 80 degrees, it just feels really good.
0: Yeah, (laughs) It's a good (laughs) wake-up. That's actually a good difference, too. If it's uh, 90 degrees in the air but 80 degrees in the pool, it can feel chilly versus lower than 80 degrees in the air and the water's actually warmer, then it's more pleasant to be in.
1: Yeah, it's a really nice difference.
0: Yeah. I think our pool's right at about 80 right now and it's 70 degrees outside. I'm going to go jump in and see. (laughs) how it feels
1: <laughs> yeah if you're not doing laps you're probably just fine <laughs> yeah yeah probably
0: just float for a few minutes there um, well very good well it sounds like you're energized and ready to go for a good show today.
1: yeah we're ready to go
0: Well, we've got some good things to talk about on today's program we've got a question we're going to answer from elizabeth a little bit later on she's retiring in six months and worried about a market crash. So we'll talk a little bit about that on today's show. We're also gonna talk about maybe a time where Janine has seen somebody take way too long to make decisions about something in their investment life that ended up causing themselves problems and harm. We'll ask her to tell us a story where she saw that play out during her career. All that and much more straight ahead, including our main topic of the day, we're going to be diving into a conversation about why the final decade of your working life is so important. Why does everything get amplified in that last 10 years or so of working. We're going to talk about that on today's show. But first, it's time to see what's happening in the news. The extra, extra, read all about it. So there's a new trend in the wedding industry, Janine. Are you ready for this? Wedding, Uh-oh. Wedding loans. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> there are now companies who work specifically with young couples to loan them money for their wedding, with rates fluctuating between 5%, I guess it's not too bad. Oh, but also 36%, depending yeah. on the applicant. I know your thoughts, but what are your thoughts on this?
1: <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> the thought of incurring a loan for 10, 20, 30,000 at 36%, or even 20%, or even 10%. <laughs> is insane it's for one day
0: for this purpose Uh, especially for this
1: purpose yes get a grip parents do not let your kids do this even if they're adult kids which hopefully they are and when they're (laughs) getting married here it's not a good idea there obviously there's a market for it because people are demanding it or there's some demand for it but you know get a grip think about what this day is really for and it doesn't need to be a party and so, uh, uh, just a quick personal story. My we just went to a, a wedding a couple weekends ago. Well, during Labor Day weekend, and my sister in law, love her to death, but she <laughs> she spent a lot of money for a big party. And her daughter had the wedding at the art museum.
0: Ooh, that's cool.
1: On Sunday evening, so yes, they got a nice deal because it was a Sunday evening of a holiday weekend. So not. Big attendance probably at the art museum. Of course, it was after hours, but (laughs) you're looking around the flower arrangements. Oh, let me tell you, they were spendy. But you know, for one day, and she didn't want to invite a lot of family. She wanted to invite a lot of friends, so she did. Hmm. That's a lot of money to spend for a big party. And then you can't do that, and then turn around and tell me your your sister in law, I'm poor. I'm just (laughs) I don't have any money. (laughs) What were you thinking? Oh, man. But loans are just not a good idea for this purpose at all. Yeah. At all. You know, downsize your expectations of what the day is supposed to be.
0: Yep. We could have had a $40,000 wedding, but we didn't have $40,000 for a wedding. So we didn't have a $40,000 wedding. <laughs>
1: Boom! <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I, I still wish we'd spent a little less on what we ultimately spent on the day. But I think we were really trying to be as efficient as possible in every in every way. And still ended up with a very nice day, beautiful, couldn't have asked for kind of, you know, better execution of everything and still kept it in a relatively, you know, reasonable budget. But, yeah, there's so many things that go into play there, but it, it just came down to it where, well, we'd like to do this, but, you know, we don't want to go into debt right out of the gate when it comes to, you know, getting married. Well, and, or,
1: and I think that's that's realism. I mean, that's real yeah. life. We, we pay real- for our own
0: wedding, too. We well, didn't, so, uh, we didn't exactly. want that burden to fall to our parents. We didn't feel like that was... Really, like it was fair. I I don't know. We just were like, yeah, you guys don't need to do that. We're grown adults. We both have jobs. We should be able to, uh, you know, we're the ones throwing the party here.
1: (laughs) You know, and honestly, that's the adult perspective. Yeah. That's the adult move. And it too, came too down to many. control
0: too. Cause I was like, Hey, we're paying for it. We can control it. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> and, and let me tell exactly. you anybody, if we, I know we don't have a t- probably a ton of young listeners, but if you're looking to give advice to maybe a, you know, although the advice would maybe go counter to what the parents or the grandparents would want, they may want the control, but you know, that was pretty nice to be able to say, Hey, we're the ones controlling the spending. It's our party. We've got a little control over how decisions get made, and you know how things happen here. That was actually really nice to not have some of those different, you know, battles for control over the how the whole event was going to happen.
1: So, how old were you when you got married?
0: Uh, Well, our believe it or not, Janine, as we record this, (laughs) uh, my anniversary is in uh, two days. So, um, happy anniversary! Thank you. (laughs) So, we're hitting the five year mark. Yep. So, that would have been twenty twelve.
1: Okay. I never yeah, remember I mean, the
0: year I have to subtract from whatever the anniversary <laughs> year is going to be.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, when our younger daughter got married, I told her, you plan the wedding, like you have to pay for it.
0: There you go. Yes, yes, exactly. And,
1: and they did. They were both 25 and a half when they got married, and they did an outstanding job. We did help them with some of the money. And looking back on it now, even though that was six years ago, they will say, you know what? We didn't need to do that. We didn't need to do this. And they still did, you know, some great stuff. But the most, or I think the best part of their, I mean, there was the wedding ceremony because we had a mass and then there was a reception. But the best part was the family party at my brother's house afterwards.
0: Ah, yeah. (laughs) Often that ends up being the case, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So (laughs) people need to think that through a little bit.
0: Yeah we did a crab boil the night before for the rehearsal dinner and that was a blast so that was just you know you almost remember that day more than, more than the actual <laughs> wedding day Yeah. but, uh, but yeah we, but yeah, we, so, we tried but, to find places to cut so we decided not to do like really any flowers um, oh, so that was uh-huh. that was one place where we cut out because we had we had it at the aquarium so we we're like we already have the decoration of the the tank, the huge shark tank with the shipwreck and you know the it the glow of the light from there. We didn't have to really do anything crazy with lights. We just had two strung lights that we bought and strung them around these two big poles and that and it gave off the perfect kind of amount of light and yeah, it was great. We then even did a uh, they gave us a discount if you bring in one of their educators to do like some, you know, a small like little presentation or whatever, because it's the aquarium. They would Mm -hmm. then give you a discount by having an educator there. There was sort of like this promotion to promote conservation or whatever at the event you then also get a break. So in the middle of the wedding, we had this like, uh, now I thought it was actually going to be kind of cool. Like they were supposed to bring out alligators and, you know, and sorts of like these cool animals. And like, I thought the kids would get a real kick out of it who were there at the event, but it was a little boring because they came out and they, instead of just having to be like, now here's a cool alligator. Check this out, guys. It was very much like, here's a box turtle. The box turtle is blah, blah 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 blah, and everybody's like, "Enough with the box turtle! <laughs> just bring <laughs> I'm out with the, the ali- party. just bring out the alligator." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that was kind of a funny thing that we ended up including, but it, it just made for a good laugh. But we we did our own photo booth instead of having to hire one of those out. Um, yep. Connie's sister is decent with a camera, and read online how you can make your own photo booth pretty easily. So we did that and bought a bunch of cheap props, and we had a ten dollar photo booth instead of having to pay somebody a thousand dollars to come set one up.
1: Yeah, that was a good idea.
0: Just little things like that where we were able to trim and
1: well, and I think a nice event. I think if you do, you know, basically what you've done, you did is that generates the creativity. You know it spurs on the creativity for how can we do this make it fun whatever make it memorable instead of you know it's just another big grandiose party yeah with a band that's so loud you can't talk you know or whatever else so but to borrow money to do this for one day is ridiculous
0: yeah, yeah, that does start to get a little insane there. So keep it within perspective and reason. Yep. Pass along some good advice to the youngsters in your life for sure there. Keep them away at least from taking, you know, spend what you're going to spend on the event, I suppose, but don't take a loan out to do it. That's right. uh, that's just taking you down a bad path there. Some things shouldn't have loans taken out for them. That really should be one of them. <laughs> Live yeah. within your means when it comes to that stuff.
1: There you go. Stay in your financial lane. <laughs>
0: That's right. All right. That's a little bit of what's happening in the news. Thought that that would get Janine fired up, and it sure did. We're already uh, <laughs> deep into the show there. We could have done a whole show just on that one topic, it sounds like <laughs> me? Let's talk about work, you know, to pay for these weddings. You've got to go to work and work a long career, it seems. Many of us get through life, we get to that final decade of work, and right as you're starting to really dream about retirement, you're also kind of in this realization that this has now become a very important part of your life and a very important decade from the retirement planning perspective. We're gonna talk a little bit about why that is on today's show and some of the things that you should address during that sort of final 10-year period of your working life. So if you're in that final 10 years and you're not working on some of these things or thinking about them, let today's podcast be a bit of a wake-up call for you. First thing on the uh, checklist, if you will, Janine, would be to decide what's important to you. What kinds of things need to get decided?
1: Well, and that is a question I ask frequently. Because what's important to me is not important to someone else. It's what is the lifestyle that you're going to have or that you think you're going to have if you retire early, if you retire on time, if you retire late. And it doesn't have to be a more, obviously, it's not usually a more extravagant lifestyle. It's a more, I don't want to say sedate, but it's a little slower pace by design. Yeah. (laughs) And... So what does that look like when you don't have to jump out of bed at six in the morning to get to work? So a lot of times, I mean, it really is based on personal choice. And there's no right or wrong answer, but people really need to stop and consider. Too often when you're working, you get up, you go to work. Oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna think about this later. I'm gonna talk about this later, and they don't really get around to it until it's staring you in the face, and it's literally within six months, or five months, or two months. Do people actually sit down and talk about what matters to you? And to couples, you you can be on the same page, and you're often on the different pages in terms of what that's going to look like for you. It's a very big decision, and you really want to come to some agreement for what if you let's say you retire, you're planning to retire at sixty-five. Or, you know, the, the wife is 65, the husband's 67, 68. What comes next? What does this look like? Because chances are, especially in this area, if you're making over 200000 a year and you're going to drop back to 125000 or whatever that number is, that's a big cut in lifestyle. So yeah, can you, you know, so that kind of leads us into know your numbers.
0: Yeah. Item number two on the checklist, start getting into the nitty and gritty.
1: I mean, you really do have to, I've got a couple that I've sent back to the drawing board, if you will. Tell me what your budget's going to be. What does it cost you to live now? If you stop working in the next six months, what does that look like? Because this will be your income, you know, he might take social security, she might delay it a little bit, depending on your ages. But you know, what do you spend? What do you currently have? How's that income distribution going to work? Is there any debt they don't, I mean, this particular couple, they don't have any debt. The house is paid off. So that's a good place to be, because they don't have to worry about that. They're not planning to move, at least initially. So there are a lot of those decisions that need to be evaluated. And the only way you can do that is if you sit down and do your numbers. So then you have to estimate your income streams.
0: So yeah, estimate your income streams seems to be the next logical thing. So we we know how much we're spending. Now we need to know how how to match that. That makes the math a little easier.
1: Right, because a lot of the choices of when you take Social Security will matter, you know, do you have a pension? Is there an annuity? If there is, what is it? How does it work? What's it look like? You know, if there is rental income, that's not the norm for a lot of people. You know, it's a small group of people that actually have rental income with other properties. Are you going to work part-time? Is that an option? For a lot of people around here, they can work part-time. And they can, you know, depending on where they work, they can negotiate two or three days a week in fact I had a guy retire in January and he's back working part-time because they're bugging him to death to come back they need his skill set so I said you know you could come back for a couple days a week because it's just added income I mean that's really important to take a look at that if you can and then you know what's the income draw on the invested assets what is it augmenting And a lot of people are afraid to take early because they don't want to deplete. So there's a whole discussion on how to do that without depletion, regardless of the market. And then how do these other pieces fit together? And the only way to really get a sense of that is to sit down and go through the numbers and basically play with how these things are going to work out over time.
0: Yeah, that's another great point. You've got this... Just this seemingly easy to solve conundrum of needing X amount, and so we need to generate Y amount to exceed X amount, but sometimes it's easier to get to that answer than others, depending on your situation, because then you also have these other factors that come into play. Just because you get that XY equation, so to speak, fixed, you might have things that come out of nowhere that push you off of that plan, off of track, and that'd be a great example would be healthcare, and you got to get a handle on healthcare would be the other thing to do during that last 10 years of your working life.
1: Absolutely. A lot of people are now starting to look at okay, when do I claim Medicare? Or what does that look like? How do I do this? And if you are lucky enough to have health care through an employer that is going to extend into retirement, you need to really look at okay, who does it actually cover and what happens if it does it just cover you or what's the cost to cover a spouse? You know, because sometimes that spousal coverage is ex- extremely expensive. So you need to look at that because is there another option for the spouse? And then when do you claim Medicare? You know, generally speaking, I tell people go ahead if you're within, you know, three months of your birth month at 65, go ahead and sign up for Medicare A, it's free. In fact, if you don't, if you miss the window to sign up, Medicare B, when you claim it's going to be more expensive. So there are a lot of rules that you need to know and try to figure out it's really important when you're evaluating healthcare care what Medicare will cover and what it won't cover. And when if you have a prescription drug plan, you need to understand if you are on certain drugs and it's not on this formulary, you need to look on a different formulary. So you've got to assess all these different pieces to making sure that you're going to be covered for at least this next year, because every year it's a little bit different when it's open enrollment for Medicare and health care. And then long-term care is a whole different conversation for people. But health care in general is going to be one of the biggest costs in retirement as you get older.
0: It's a good point that you make, uh, Janine. And healthcare is going to be one of those big factors that we've got to make sure we understand well. And it's going to get more and more important as time goes on. I think that nothing is going to change there, no matter what you know. Political wins may happen to change the healthcare system. It's always going to be a big topic of conversation, (laughs) and so it's one you need to plan for for sure. Last but not least, in those last ten years of your working life have a realization of just how much is going to change, not from an external perspective, but internally with you, how much your needs are going to change over time. So not just over the last 10 years of your working life, but beyond that as well.
1: Yeah, a lot of times I'll tell people, I mean, when you look at the statistics, and you don't even have to look at statistics, just think about it. Most people will travel or want to travel between the age of 60 and 75. And beyond 75, you've got to be pretty healthy and be able to get around pretty well, to want to travel. So when I'm talking with folks about vacation and travel, specifically travel to outside the country, you want to plan to do that before you're in your late 70s generally. It's just going to be a lot easier. But that's an expense that you need to plan for because whether you take the $2,000 vacation or the $10,000 vacation or greater, you need to plan for that ahead of time and see whether it's going to fit into the budget for that year you know when you project forward how much you're going to need in five years what's inflation due to that what do taxes due to that and then you know into further years into your elderly senior we've got people living lots of people living into their 90s and hundreds so usually when people are saying i want to retire at 60 i said okay we're planning for you to live about 35 years how's this going to work so, so we have to go right back to the numbers. Let's go to the numbers because you have to realize that projecting forward is just that, it's a projection. And that any event, life event, can alter that projection. So let's look at all the different possibilities. If this happens, then what are you gonna do? If this happens, then what are you gonna do? And you try to build in as much as you can by you know, looking at the various scenarios and then try to think through what makes sense. At that point in time you know if you lose a spouse early that changes the game yeah because you know then if you have a pension it probably gets cut in half when uh, you lose a spouse the surviving spouse is going to have to decide on the widow or widower's benefit so that there's a cut in income so then what happens and then that brings in the whole issue of long-term care because first and foremost that's a conversation with your family who's going to take care of mom and dad when you get to that point And where are they going to live? Mm. So it's a very important conversation that is an ongoing conversation.
0: Ongoing is very true. If somebody... Janine has never met with a financial advisor and they get into this 10 years before the end of their working life. When is usually the best time to come in and meet with somebody to start ticking through some of these things and getting answers to some of these questions? If it's something somebody struggles to kind of come up with on their own and they don't have the capacity or the ability or the time or the know-how to get a handle on healthcare, to understand that X and Y of how much I'm spending versus how much I need or am going to expect in my income streams is there a certain age or time away from retirement date that it makes the most sense to come in and meet with somebody like you?
1: Well, if you're starting to think about it, you need to get in to see somebody because the fact of this industry is that not all advisors do comprehensive planning that looks at the whole person. Some are just investment advisors. Some are just insurance sales. Some just do annuity sales. So you want to make sure you're talking with someone who actually considers your whole life what are you trying to do? It's not just hopes and dreams, it's what is reality for you? And then looking at the bigger picture, because the money, all the money decisions going forward are going to be much more important than they were in the past, because they will absolutely affect your retirement income. And if you make mistakes, you don't have as long to recover. Mm. So as soon as you start thinking about this as an issue, you need to see somebody.
0: That's a great point and a good reminder if you need some guidance or help with your financial situation. If you're in that final 10 years of your working life or even closer to that destination, it's worth reaching out and having a conversation. Janine is here for you to walk you through those different considerations. You can reach out to her by calling 443-718-6311. That's 443-718-6311. 6311. You can also go online to TheusWealthAdvisors.com That's TheusWealthAdvisors.com We'll put a link to the description and to the corresponding blog post of today's episode in the uh, description of today's episode. So just check that on whatever app you're using and you'll find the link that you need to go access all of those resources and to get a handle on the Retirement Rescue Toolkit that Janine offers there on the site as well. It's a free box, a free toolkit that's packed with a book, an audio CD, DVD, report, and other goodies in there as well. Again, just look in the description of today's episode for the appropriate links to take you to the right place to get all that stuff. Or give Janine a call, 443-718-6311. It's getting to know you time. All right, it's time to get to know Janine a little bit better on today's show. Fun question for you today, Janine, although it could be an embarrassing one depending on the answer. What is the most universally well-known or beloved movie that you've never actually seen yourself? That one where you feel like you're the only person that hasn't seen it?
1: Oh gosh, I think I just lost an. Is it what a? It's a wonderful year. It's a wonderful life. It's It's a wonderful wonderful life. life. Oh my God, that's my answer too. (laughs) Oh wow! I have I've only seen pieces and parts. I've never seen the whole movie. So I guess it's time because it it, every I think it's Christmas. Yeah. Everybody talks about it as, as this tremendous. Movie, so maybe I had to just buy it, and then we could. (laughs) Then I would watch it.
0: My dad Uh, and my aunt; it's their favorite movie, and for some reason, I just never have seen it. I've seen like you know maybe thirty seconds of it on TV, and yeah, you know, oh, black and white movie, you know, tune away to something (laughs) else.
1: (laughs) 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 Well, Um, and you know, just speaking of those old movies, if you go look for comparison, I mean, if you want character development real emotive facial expressions the old movies have that
0: oh i'm sure it's a fantastic movie i just don't know why yeah. i've never yeah. never have gotten around to sitting down and watching it and there are not many movies that my wife has seen that i haven't seen so it's usually i'm going <laughs> have you seen this have you seen this one have you seen this movie because i just watched a lot of movies growing up but it just somehow yeah. that one escaped me and that's one she's got on me that i haven't seen the other one is uh oddly enough a christmas story now I've probably seen the whole movie just in little like five minute spurts, you know, but I've never sat down and start to finish watch the the you'll shoot your eye out kid movie, you know? Oh yeah. From the eighties.
1: Wait a minute, isn't that the one with that's Santa Claus, isn't it?
0: No, no, that you're talking about the Tim Allen one?
1: No, 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 no. Okay. So which one you're talking about?
0: <laughs> it's this is the one with the kid that's all about the uh what he gets the gun, was it the Red Rider BB gun? gun? Okay. And the, the kid that gets his tongue stuck to the pole. I've never oh, seen the yes. movie, but I know yeah. like the famous scenes of it just from you know, regular pop culture, I suppose. But Yeah, yeah. I mean, Santa's involved to some extent, I suppose, but yeah. he wants his gun from Santa Claus. and
1: That's too funny. You'll shoot your yeah. eye out. Yeah, that's a- your eye out.
0: But I've never seen that one start to finish either.
1: So. So, those are probably yeah, those my picks. Good, Yeah, those are some good movies. You know, back in, You have to kind of step back in time.
0: All right, this year, we need to watch At Least It's a Wonderful Life. Cause yeah, definitely. We've got to check at least that one off the list. So I'll hold you accountable if you hold me accountable. We'll make okay, sure we watch that before deal. before yeah. December 25th this year. We'll watch that movie. <laughs> there you go, getting to know Janine a little better on today's show. All right, it's time to uh, – I want to see if we can get a story from you here, Janine, before we get to our question of the week. I'm just curious. This sort of popped into my into my head the other day. I'm just curious, have you ever had somebody take so long to make a decision about something related to their investments that it ended up causing themselves harm? I know on past shows, we've talked about why people sometimes struggle to make decisions in the first place. So I kind of want to take that the next step. Have you ever seen somebody take so long to make a decision it ended up hurting them in the end?
1: Yes, actually, kind of have seen this firsthand. My dad, who is an Awesome guy, I love him. Waited way too long to sell his small business. And one of my brothers, who's an advisor, as well, he and I, between the two of us, we were tag teaming. Dad, you got to sell. You got to <laughs> find a buyer, sell. And he just waited too long. And, and, and a business is a major investment time, effort, and money. And because he waited so long, we were really surprised that he got a buyer. But then within six months, the buyer failed. So the small amount of money he should have gotten for his business, he did not get. And then you're basically selling off the equipment. And part of that is, I think a lot of people, whether it's an investment that they are emotionally attached to, or a business, because my dad, that's what he'd done for so many, many, many years, so many decades, he couldn't let go. So you become emotionally involved with the decision, and they can't separate themselves so we, my brother and i used to joke because we try to coach him and and we would say see that tree out there we're gonna go hang ourselves <laughs> because you're uncoachable damn it
0: oh my god
1: <laughs> i mean we would laugh but it's like you can't force your dad to do something but it, we watched it be a train wreck mm. and it's really unfortunate
0: Yeah, that is unfortunate so you got to make sure that you're not getting stuck on making decisions it's so important to do that it comes down to procrastination we don't want to procrastinate we want to make sure that we are evaluating the situation in front of us making decisions keep the ball moving forward so important to do all of those things i think it's a nice lead into finishing off today's show with the mailbag question here from elizabeth elizabeth says she's retiring in six months janine And says she's worried about what will happen if we have a market crash before I get to the finish line. Do you think I'll be okay for the next six months?
1: So, Elizabeth, my big question is, are you planning to depart the pattern in the next six months? Because the finish line is actually when you're dead, when you die. Yes, yes. I don't think there's gonna be a market crash, Not certainly not like 2008, that's not in the cards. But if you're really worried about what's gonna to happen to your portfolio, then you need an evaluation of what, how your portfolio is allocated. How diversified is it? What is it that you want it to do for you? Which I'm assuming is to provide you with an income stream. And if you're really worried about that, then you need to be looking at how the portfolio is allocated and not worry so much about the market crash Yes, you need to understand how they're, how they could be related, but if you are properly diversified and allocated, you are not going to suffer from a crash like what happened in 2008 or back in the tech bubble. So the real question is, if you're going to be okay, one, I don't know anything about you, so you'd have to come in, we'd have to talk, but two, you need to be thinking much longer than six months because the money needs to last as long as you do. So you have to take a look at, again, what is your portfolio doing? How is it built?
0: Yeah, this is one of those ones where there's, it's an interesting question, but it's the question within the question or the way you're even, the assumptions you're making in the question Mm -hmm. that kind of lead to maybe even the deeper conversation here.
1: Yeah, I mean, it is true. Sequence of returns is a real thing. It's a real risk that if I retire and all of a sudden my portfolio drops significantly and I'm taking an income stream, I'm disinvesting. So that's a quick way to deplete a portfolio. So, yeah, that's a very important conversation to have. So let's look at what it is. I have to know what the animal is before we can make any suggestions or, or recommendations. But you have to think in a longer term than six months
0: mm-hmm. overall. That's a great point. That's a great point. Yep. This is not a conversation about, you know, hey, you reached the finish line. Congratulations. You're done. We'll never talk again. There's a lot more that right. goes into it. Yeah. Yep. Very good point. All right. Great question for that topic there, Elizabeth. We appreciate that. If you've got questions of your own, we always encourage you to submit those to us online theaswealthadvisors.com, the place to go. That's theaswealthadvisors.com. Or give Janine a call at 443-718-6311. That's 443-718-6311. Talk out your financial situation, talk about your retirement plan with Janine, and make sure you've got a solid plan for the future. So important to do that. Janine, thanks for all the help on today's show, and glad you got in a good swim this morning, and we'll uh, <laughs> look forward to talking to you on the next edition.
1: Thanks so much, Walter. It's been great talking with you.
0: We appreciate it. That's Janine Theus and I'm Walter Storholt. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you soon back here on your financial mission.